Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 150 of the Picas Riley podcast. Uh, as always, I am one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And this week, we are going to be talking primarily about uh, Raiden Mythic Plus testing. 10.0.7 comes out in a couple of days, so we might also recap some of the monk changes from that. Um, there are actually a lot of class changes in there, and we are definitely not going to get through all of them. Yeah. But before Those we get into... Ones. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into all of that, uh, how was your raid week, Adam? Heartbreaking. Uh, Heartbreaking? Yeah, we are. I was we there. Are, yeah, you were there streaming a little bit. Yeah, we were We're still on Razgath. Uh, and even with the nerfs, which I think we'll, we'll go through a little bit. Um, we had a we had a couple of sub 5% wipes um, early on in our raid night and then just sort of fell apart uh, yeah. the rest of it. It's one of those things where, like, I don't know if your build's like this, but we do a lot of, like, our early pulls in the night are very, very good. And then, like, they slowly become worse and worse. And, like, yeah. typically we'll hit that, like, like unicorn pull where, like, everything sort of comes together and we kill the boss. But, yeah, it didn't Yeah, didn't sometimes happen. you just have that, like, that U-shape in your pulls yeah. where, like, you start off and you're, like, wiping in, you know, the first intermission. And you start getting really good pulls and you're in phase three and it's, like, 5%, 2%. And you yeah. go back and you're back into the mission one again. Yeah. So it was, uh, didn't get the kill. A little heartbreaking, even with all the nerfs, which, which we'll go through. Um, so yeah, but hopefully but you this had week, a, I mean, you had a tank swap too, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's funny. Last, I guess, Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday, we've actually had the same exact comp for the first time. Uh, wow. since we started Razageth progression. However, it was without a warrior. It was with Ooh. a new tank, and it was with, I mean, we had a slightly different DPS composition, too, because of all that. Um, but like, it was, again, not making excuses, but I think it's just been, it's been a, this this final boss progression. We haven't had a consistent group, which I think has hurt us a little bit. And yeah. the fact that we had to make a late tank change, which... I think a late tank change hurts more than most changes. Yeah. It's, like, probably the only thing I could think of that would be more painful than that is swapping out somebody with like really instrumental cooldowns like a swapping a disc priest would be a huge pain yeah yeah so i mean it's it it's definitely been a bit of a struggle but we should kill it this week fingers crossed um so yeah it uh it is what it is but yeah it's been a, been a little bit of a not our best not our best raid tier we'll say yeah um yeah but you uh, did you did you actually raid this week did you guys start farm up uh yeah we started farm um we did six bosses on friday um nice. we start we started extending relatively early so we there's a bunch of bosses that we've only killed once uh we gotcha. have two kill we had prior to this week two kills on kurog one on dathea one on broodkeeper and one on raz so it's like half the raid right yeah um so we've uh we got a skip from somebody we went straight to broodkeeper pretty much uh that honestly was not as painful as i was expecting Okay. Like it's one of those bosses where it's either going to be a huge mess to reclear, yeah, or okay. everybody kind of remembers what they did last time and it's just going to be pretty chill. And we did have some issues, you know, some like getting into like the transition from phase one into phase two was still a little bit messy. We took time to figure that out. Hmm. Some relearning important 
breakpoints on like when certain ads need to die in phase one so the tank doesn't get destroyed stuff like that uh but gotcha. uh, it only took uh, 40 50 minutes to reclear awesome. that boss so bad. um yeah that wasn't too bad we've got Dathea and Razageth left we did not pull Razageth on friday uh so doing that tonight uh and we see we'll see how it goes we're currently discussing uh whether we do Dathea or Razageth first and I honestly don't know. We had a so we're doing the one platform to Thea strat. Okay. Which is much nicer than the, the yeah. three or four platform one. Uh we had a three and a half percent wipe with that on Friday. So it's like maybe we go back and we like just knock that out. And that also could be a little bit of warm up for us to then go and do Razageth and just do Razageth for the rest of the night. And I'm like yeah. I'm so torn. Like I waver back and forth between like I posted the officer chat right before this. I kind of want to do Razageth first, but also like going out, going and killing Dathea and just being done with it. Yeah. Would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. I would be. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a tough call either way. Cause if you, if you get stuck or you get like a little down on, on Dathea, then it sort of probably yeah. affects you getting, getting Razageth down. So. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tough call, tough call. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously we want to get both down tonight, and I think we can. Yeah. Um, yeah, particularly with the with the Razageth nerfs. Yeah, that'll smooth out some of it. Although I think, I think our biggest pain point on Razageth farm is still going to be the first intermission. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I mean they didn't make any changes there, so. Um, yeah, and that's part of why, like, they didn't make they they nerfed like phase two and phase three basically. Mm -hmm. um, they did not nerf intermission one, so that was already a pain point. It'll be now a more pronounced one, I think, because of the fact that the other stuff got changed. Yeah, yeah. So to go, I guess to go through a little bit of the the nerfs on Razageth while we're while we're here. Um, so they they made a, a like you said a, a huge sleeping change in P two and, and a little bit in P three. So. Um, a little bit just general damage reduction. So uh, electric lash, which is the random dot that goes on like three or four people, um, got its damage reduced by 20%, along with volatile current, which is the damage from the orbs dropping, was yep. also reduced by 20%. So it's in general a little bit less overall raid damage coming down. And that's um, that happens in two of the three main phases. Electric lash happens in all three main phases. Mm -hmm. Volatile current is phase one and phase two. Phase two. Yeah, so that's a that's a yeah. Those are just general damage reductions. The big one of the big ones is they reduced the absorb shield in P two by twenty percent on Mythic, which it, for us just progressing it meant that we no longer put any cooldowns into the shield and still killed it in around like the twelve to fourteen second mark, which is where we were killing it while dedicating certain cooldowns to the shields. Yeah, um, so I don't, I don't think we're changing anything that we do with this because like yeah. right now. If we kill it early, we have Arcane Mage ramps, right? If we kill the shield before the Arcane Mage ramp finishes, the way that it works is um, the like echo damage from the Arcane Mage that they build up and it explodes at the end mm -hmm. doesn't get tripled by the shield. It's the damage that they put in that gets tripled that matters. So if they put in a bunch of damage at triple the amount, and then it explodes after the shield expires, that goes on the boss with trip basically triple damage. Yeah. 
which will be good. Yeah, which is good either way. Yeah. So um, there's really not a, a, it's we're not losing a lot basically. Yeah, which is yeah, which is I mean I think is is good for you guys. Like, yeah, like I said, like this is a pretty noticeable change for us. So I mean, um, yeah, the shield reduction is 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 a big one. I'll say for P2 progression, it just makes the shields I think a little bit smoother. Um, it also means you don't have to commit so many healing CDs. You can use those at yeah. other points with some. There's some yeah. there's some rough overlaps we'll say of abilities. Um, that's that's that piece. Um, they uh, reduce the primalist stormseeker stormbolt damage in 25%. So these are the P1 intermission adds. Yep. Um, like, so their focus damage um, or their their cast their cast is basically reduced by 25%, which again helps. Um, sort of we would sometimes lose people if we didn't have stuns up to on the blue side to like absorb shield going up plus a storm yeah. to hitting a prior. So this is gonna help a little bit at least. With the first intermission, I don't think it's going to do as much for us because we had gotten really good at these stops, like really yeah. good at these stops. Um, but it it won't hurt, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll definitely help there. Um, and then I think so. The, I think the shield changed very big, and then this final change I think is is probably the largest one out of all of it. So two pieces. So lingering charge, uh, periodic damage reduced by twenty percent, and lingering charge is the debuff you get after. You get hit by fulminating charge, yeah. Um, and so with fulminating charge, what they did is they removed the root, and now it just snares, which basically means like you can use any sort of like movement increasing ability to spread out. You can also move yourself, your character a little bit. It's not. It's still a fairly. You're still fairly slow, I'll say. So if you're all stacked on top of each other, it's like a seventy percent snare. Enough, yeah. Yeah, you're not fast enough to spread out and not get hit, but it does mean that like as a monk, you can roll out. Which is helpful. Um, you don't need to break the root first and then move. Um, hunters can disengage. Um, they just can blink. They technically already could disengage oh, yeah, with post haste worked. Um, and the mages could blink with the root, but they would just then be rooted at the location. But now a mage can like blink and walk a little bit. Yeah, which is just helpful to like that, that minor movement right at the end is always helpful to like make sure you're not going to clip anybody. Right. There's um, also just a bunch of stuff that prevents snares or limits how good they are. Ghost Wolf is actually very good on this now because yeah. it prevents you from being reduced below a certain speed. But a root kind of bypassed that, so it just prevented you from moving, period. Mm -hmm. Now you can't be reduced beneath, I think it's 70 or 75% movement speed while in Ghost Wolf. So uh, Shaman can actually run pretty far out with this. So that's That's a nice quality of life buff for them. Yeah, yeah. So this is, I think, uh, one of the one of the nicer changes. I mean, as as a monk, you can still like tiger's lust to target, and and it'll get rid of the yeah. snare, right? And they can move. Um, and like there's other other things like the hunter. I think the hunter, at least the hunter, freedom doesn't work anymore, right? Um, that it was should. on route. Oh, it should. Okay. Yeah, it we we, tr we tried something with that, and it never it never worked out well. <laughs> we had our hunters um, doing that in the in phase two. And then they switched to survivability pets in phase three. And we were just like, we're going to gate out of this thing. And then yeah. the second one is like rogues immuning it. So it just didn't matter. We weren't clearing yeah. it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was, um, yeah. So these are, I think the fulminating charge changes are, are fairly big too. I mean, the damage reduction also is very nice because that's where, at least for us in our progression, where we are losing, we're used to losing a bunch of people. Would be lingering charging out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Spreading out, getting the debuff, and then like as you're running back in, people not being like just not getting in range of a healer to get a heal, or being so low that you don't have like you just don't have an instant to right to pop you up, which is compounded by the fact that we run three evokers. <laughs> Healing evokers. Yeah. So they're reduced Man. range on top of that, just not good. So. Yeah, preservation is such a good healer spec, but also that twenty five yard range is awful. It's uh yeah. Like they're really not that, good. I, not that I like evokers at all, but like that part of the evoker healing part is just awful. It's like the range yeah. issue it just sucks. Oh. Um, but yeah, so those are those are the sort of the the mythic. There's a handful of like heroic changes too, which um very similar to some of the mythic stuff. So um, but yeah, those are the biggest I think mythic changes, which like you said, should make P two um and P three slightly easier. Um and basically, you know, get you into learning p3 which being there a couple of times is not that diff- i think we've only had like four or five p3 pulls and all of them have been sub five percent so it's, yeah. it's like if you get there it's basically just living i think it's like two bad overlaps you live those two overlaps in p3 and you win right yeah there's there's a overlap um there's like an overlap around 1250 uh, yeah it's the pull in plus wave right it goes like uh Pull in wave something wave, yeah. or it's like wave pulling wave something like that. There's two waves, um, and then there's the fulminating charge that you go and you just walk to the gate, you yep. gate out of that, and if you get through that and you've got like sixteen to eighteen people alive, you just have like forty five seconds to DPS the boss as hard as you can while blocking tor- playing goalie and blocking tornadoes. Yeah. Um, there's two tank beams after that point that you have to deal with, but like that's it it's two tank beams and a lightning breath if you just like keep the boss from healing and don't wipe the raid like don't let your tanks wipe the raid then you kill the boss at that point but you yeah. do need to get there with enough people alive like getting there with four people alive is just not going to do the last five yeah. percent of the boss's health yeah exactly yeah that was our we our best pull of the night which happened to be our second pull or first pull of the night was Getting there with about that amount of people left, and the tank not having an external floor of the breath. Oh no! The entire raid getting hit for about three hundred and sixty day. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, that was a uh, that was a little heartbreaker. But like, the problem was, it was our sub in tank who is yeah. actually our paladin healer, so like he's not used to tanking, and so it's just like yeah, yeah. Just a cluster of of just like yeah, getting there for the first oh, no. time, never really seen that part, and then like just missing cooldowns, which is that's brutal. you can't fault the player. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only rough part. But um, but no, I mean, the, again, this will probably this will make you know Razigath just easier. And I think they're trying to push Razigath to to sort of they're in that phase of like, okay, now if you're progressing on it, let's kill it before you know the the ten dot one patch drops. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah. Um, actually, related more nerfs that came out this week. Very slight nerfs to Azure Vaults. Mm-hmm. The timer for it got bumped from 34 minutes to 35 and a half that is actually retroactive for the purposes of calculating your score in oh game. i didn't realize that uh so that's exciting nice uh, if you so missed it by just a couple scores. seconds yeah that also impacts the breakpoint where you no longer get any points so some people actually got a quick pretty nice bump because they went from like you know no points to 60 70 points from being 40 percent over the timer yeah um and then just uh the vault guards uh before the azure blade second boss um 
had their brilliant scales cooldown increase. This is just like a damage reduction effect that they had. Yeah. Just like now they effectively take slightly more damage. Um, and in this one, I'm not sure about Azure Blades mana drains over 60 seconds was 50 seconds. This is the timer in between Azure Blade jumping to the middle and like doing the, the thing with the five ads. Orbs, yeah. What my question basically is: What mechanics are we going to get in those ten seconds? Yeah, it, it does make the boss take less time. Yeah, I think it. I think it too. It it works better for as you get higher end keys, like better for like defensive overlaps for that phase, right? Yeah, um, if you need them. So I mean, I think it's a yeah. It's, what additional what additional mechanics would you get within that? Like, there's another ad spawn, I guess, at that point. Right. Um, like right now, which, it. It right before she goes back, she does a frontal on the tank. If she does that and then does another ad, are we going to be going into the intermission with an ad that we have to like? And I'm, I mean, I'm playing a blood DK, right? So I'll just grip it onto one of the other ones and we'll cleave it down and it won't be an issue. But if you're playing yeah. something else, I mean, that could potentially be a problem. Yeah, and maybe there that's... are no other mechanics. Maybe she, or just like she does the ball frontal thing on somebody in that last 10 seconds yeah that's true yeah i wonder but um i mean to the point of this this nerf it's more of just yeah you get more time in like her, like the normal phase and, and you'll hopefully maybe get a one less intermission or have to go through a less intermission so yeah um, yeah just a couple that's i think those are the only dungeon nerfs of the past week or other than the the rasgath nerfs and then this there wasn't really much um, yeah yeah in terms of nerfs to the content so um so we'll see how 10.0.7 changes things. Um, but yeah, I guess the other I guess the other big news over the past week uh, that came out is um, Wowhead, or sorry, not Wowhead. Weekor has uh, made a made a tweet which sort of everybody jumped on top of, which was the fact that uh, in 10.1, and this is sort of apparent once I think they got into the raid and sort of saw some of the sort of the, the logging details that they're doing within the raid. Um, Blizzard has introduced uh, a new private aura system, um, which basically makes it easier for them um, to hide specific auras from add-ons. Um, and the idea here, the implication here, is that essentially it, it lessens the ability for like a weak more to automate a certain mechanic within, within a fight. Um, so it seems like this is limited to just specific auras. So what this means, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm Muslim, but but what this means is basically like. From a fight perspective, if you get a specific debuff or buff, it could work either way. Basically, Blizzard can say that buff or debuff is hidden from any any uh, add-ons. So, like weak orders wouldn't be able to see it. Potentially, like raid frames won't be able to see it, right? Um, yeah. And basically, what it means is like you can't do any sort of automation or you know auto like code run uh, against that. So, if you think about weak orders that have done this in the past, I think the easiest like its latest example is like the jailer bomb assignment weak aura. Which right. basically said like if you got the bomb, it showed you which hole you should jump in out of the the fire six other people that got it. Um, if they made that bomb aura uh, private, uh, you know, was was marked as a private aura, then that weak aura wouldn't work. Um, yeah, it, it wouldn't be able to tell who had the bomb. Exactly, which means yeah, it couldn't work. And I think one distinction because I reading monk Discord, people sort of I think went a little bit overboard with this. It said like this is going to break all weak auras, and it's not going to break the weak auras, right? Like the logic. The jailer bomb assignment weaker would still work. It's just weaker itself would not be able to see who had bomb to make that sort of calculation. Yeah. Um, so like 
I guess like Weekor is like the um, DDGG uh, Among Us Weekor that like you vote on a player. Yeah. That system should still work. Like that Weekor would still work. Um, yeah. But yeah, something like auto assignments or like auto assigning thing uh, based on a, you getting one of these private Weekors or some private auras like buffs or debuffs, yeah. those would not work anymore. Um, there's a, a fun little linguistic quirk here because of how Weekoras is named Weekoras yeah. because of history, where it was like, you know, the follow-on add-on to an add-on called Power Auras, which was an add-on to basically just do things based on auras being applied, which are buffs or debuffs. Auras is is the the name for like if you want to talk about either buffs or debuffs just like collectively both of them mm-hmm. um so this does not mean th- like this does not mean that like weak auras is breaking or weak auras is doing you know this private auras thing this is blizzard saying some buffs and debuffs will be restricted from add-ons being able to see them yeah yeah which makes which makes it i mean the the implications of this i think are are interesting right because if if an add-on can't see it, so and this is now going to be a general add-ons can't see it. So like, well, weak ores yeah. are the ones that made the post. If like you get like the bomb debuff, for example, and they made that a private aura, like your raid frames wouldn't show it. You wouldn't even know from a raid frame perspective who had the debuff, yeah. right? So um, there's there's this concept in the in the kind of Blizzard UI system called a restricted, um, basically like restricted frames. Um, so your raid frames are actually already restricted frames in some regards. Like there's certain things that you can't do. Um, like you can't take a player's raid frame and switch which player it's associated with during combat because mm-hmm. it's restricted. And that is done to prevent like heal botting. Like he, the old, um, oh man, I'm blanking on it's the called, name now. Decursive, like the old, the old yeah. kind of decursive thing. Like you can't do this thing where it, would swap out the player's health bar underneath it, like to let you easily automate glimmer of light, for example, mm-hmm. um, or renewing mist. Like you can't have it swap out intelligently and be like, "Oh, lowest health target right here all the time." Yeah, because um, the frame is restricted. So there are things they could do. For example, they could let add-ons. Uh, they do let add-ons create restricted frames outside of combat and let them set them up. So mm-hmm. one thing they could do which would work with add-ons, but will require add-on developers supporting it, is allow you to create like a private aura's restricted frame. That's true. You wouldn't be able to interact with or customize how those are displayed. So for example, a lot of players use like instead of an icon for like life bloom or renewing mist on your raid frames, they lose use like a colored block that just has like the sundial countdown. You wouldn't be able to do that. It would just be like the standard, here's what a, a you know this aura looks like. You can probably yeah. control the size, things like that, but they could let you create just a restricted uh, frame that holds these private auras, and then you could see on your raid frames, like you create one per player on the raid frames and put it in a position, and during combat, you're not allowed to touch it. Yeah. But you can still see it. And so that's something that they could do. Um, again, it would require individual add-on authors implementing support for it, uh, but they could definitely do that. It's not like it's insurmountable. Mm-hmm. It's a potential pain, though. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, I think 
if we this is sort of I think Blizzard's answer to to like that arms race escalation of like how advanced yeah. weepers have gotten over the past couple of years. Um and like how they're having to basically design fights with the expectation that those things are in place. Um and so like the community, if you want to raid high end mythic, like weak ores are almost like a requirement, right? It's like yeah, you get your boss mods, you get, you know, your your weak ores, then you're good to go. Um I think though that this also probably ends up like there are there are implementations of mechanics where like weak ores were actually not as helpful. And so like thinking about like yeah. the mecha mecha torque uh bots like the, when if you remember that fight where you had to like three people got debuffs you had to jump in a bot and you could only see other players colors and the players had to tell you what color to hit so that you could like put in the sequence and like, disarm the bomb or disarm the bot right. um like they could do stuff like that which that like was outside of weak ores and I, I know there was a weak ore for it but it didn't always work well and it was almost easier just to talk through it yeah um so like i i can see them being like giving them a little bit more freedom to implement Sort of certain mechanics like that like among us is like a really good example of like having to communicate and i know that there's eventually like a voting week or but that still required you to interact yeah i mean there were a lot of like our reclears were like you know we would get there i'd be like okay vote 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 you know just vote everybody vote um yeah. and so that was the big things we would get in just like spread and vote yeah and so it helped a lot, like when you're dealing with a 20 person raid, trying to have everybody yell out, like, "Oh, I see so and so, I see such and such," and knowing that two of them are liars. Um, yeah, that, like that's the that was the goal for the mechanic. And I think that would actually work really well for 10 man, but yeah. for 20 or 30, like the max sizes, it just is too many too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, we'll we'll see how this actually plays out right they also talked a little bit about the fact that there's um another or sorry a new api for a private or an anchor yeah so, like it is, seems like this is kind of what i was talking about yeah so yeah it seems like you'll be able to maybe add the actual private or somewhere in the ui just not actually interact with like the the actual um the actual like debuff or buff itself you will get sort right. of zero um information about just other than being able to display the the fact that someone has it or that it's somewhere uh, in the right and i haven't looked at this it may it may be that it's just uh your own or as like you can't see other people's period which would Um, probably make sense if they're trying to hide it right because like if there's the you could even use like the presence of one of these private auras as you having whatever that like if, if we take the bomb debuff for example like just be able to see other people's if they're or if their anchor point was active or not um yeah so yeah, we'll, we'll have so. to see where it where it ends up because there's a lot of restrictions they could add to make it so you just can't interact with this thing at all during yeah. combat um we'll have to see where it ends up i do think this is a good thing in general though like yeah the the fact that you had to have the weak aura for mythic jailer bombs was awful it was probably oh, yeah. the least fun part of that fight was you know getting halfway through phase one and then three people jump in the same hole and two of them say my weak aura said to jump there exactly and the third person's like yeah mine did too <laughs> and yeah. it's like what do we all right i guess we just like do this song and dance to try and make everybody's note update and uh well on that fight we don't one of our warlocks literally would reload his ui every poll because like yeah. he, he was notorious for just getting the wrong 
for whatever reason, like you would just get the wrong assignment. And so he's like, yeah. I'll just reload every time and it works. He's like, if he, if we wiped and went through the fight again, the second time we did it, his was off for some reason. I was like, yeah, fresh, fresh reload every time. So it's, it, it was such a point of frustration. Um, and there's a bunch of other fights that have had stuff like that over the past couple of expansions. I'm like anything they can do to like deescalate that particular arms race. They just got it. They got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. We intentionally tried to avoid using assignment weak or as this tier. Um, I think we have one. The, yeah. the charges. I, I guess it's two. It's the charge. The phase one bombs on Rasageth. Just the okay. left right ones, basically. Yeah. And after the nerfs, I don't know if we really need it, but it does help avoid the like everybody going to one side and then just like killing each other kind of wipes. Yeah. Um and then the uh freedom aura for phase two for who to who to put freedom on, which is now no longer necessary because it no longer roots. Yeah. I'm actually trying to think other than kick assignments. I don't think we've used. I don't think we've used an assignment weak aura this tier. We didn't even we really like. We have a kick assignment weak aura for the storm bolts on the intermission of Razageth, but I don't think we used another kick assignment weak aura the whole tier. Yeah, we did for we did for primal council early, and so we typically set them up for anything where you'd want to interrupt. So like primal council, and then for um, uh, what's the other boss? Dacia. Uh. No, not that. I think it was Kurog. Doesn't Kurog have interrupts? The the little like Hellion dudes do. But uh, it's not those. They yeah. just get so maybe, we and kick yeah, maybe we didn't actually use them. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah, um, I don't remember. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot less. Like it's definitely not as as prevalent. We'll say as like even as Shadowlands was. So yeah. Um, so cool. uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I wonder. I'm just. I'm wondering how the, all this gets implemented, right? Like that's an important thing, and I'm wondering what debuffs they or what buffs or debuffs, I guess, right? Cause all auras they start to place in here. Um, oh, it'll be yeah. I'm 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 interested to see what mechanics come out of this, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Um, cool. Well, then the other thing Blizzard did this week is they did produce a longer Q and A for the way the upgrade system will work, um, and it's actually. A lot of words <laughs> um and so they kind of go through um i think it's more than just like an faq for like how the system works it also does have a couple of questions around like why they're doing this right like what is the reasoning reason reasoning what is the reasoning um for for a lot of like this this you know new and updated upgrade system um and so I think it's a it's a really good read. Um, the biggest thing, I mean, some of the big takeaways I took up, I took from this is like, while valor as a concept is much easier, the problem is there's not tiers of valor. And so what Blizzard wanted to do with this upgrade system is basically say like, look, you can do low level content to upgrade your gear to a low level, and then if you want to upgrade it further, you have to do higher level content. And so there's a a sort of a an incentive to always sort of reach further and further up in terms of difficulty. And like, if you want to say it like, Hey, I want to be a LFR type player, you know, or like, I want to just be like a heroic type player. You can stay there, but then it doesn't mean, it also means you're not gonna be able to eventually upgrade your stuff to mythic, but you'll have to actually do that content to get the items to, to do the upgrades. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think one of the 
big things is um, so the tiering means that you aren't incentivized to spam twos to get a trinket. Mm -hmm. Then just pull all of your valor and upgrade that one trinket like a rage feather from this tier. Um, which in practice, I don't think people really did. You would find the right keystone level that you could just kind of hard grind efficiently. And so for some people yeah. that was twos for some people that was tens or fifteens um and then the valor caps basically kept you in check and said you you can't just farm twos for this one trinket and then upgrade it all the way to cap um but yeah it on the other hand it does mean that like you can get one from a plus two it's like ah well this is useless to me so yeah we won't see we probably won't see the like plus two bonus valor kind of keys that people do because i did a bunch of those actually on an alt recently i was oh. just like i'm gonna list my key it's a plus two plus two bonus valor i have no score <laughs> and just get like four four hundred something eye level people in to basically get a free carry i generally don't like getting carried but you can't get into keys as a 360 Beach, so yeah not as a dps not it, at all. It, it was uh it was that or nothing yeah um but i do so they um commented on the overall complexity of the system and i think we picked up on this last week as well when we were talking about it that in order to cover every edge case it is complicated because the game's complicated mm -hmm. but on a fundamental level it's really not that hard understand it's it's you've got your valor points and your justice points you just can hard grind your justice points your valor points are weakly capped and yep. uh, you get the one thing that i think is awkward is the uh you do higher stuff get you know higher level justice points but in some ways it is really like late wrath you know where you had the five tiers of badges yeah that you yeah, could sure. get yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so I mean, they, I think that that part of the blog post, I think is pretty clear. They also talked a little bit about like the different gear tracks. So like, there's gonna be certain gear that can only be upgraded to a certain point, And like the, the cap is different, right? With the idea that like, any sort of um, any sort of like heroic gear will of course be able to upgrade it to the, you know, I think it's like, uh, like three or four item level below mythic. Um, and so that sort of like heroic track gear or hero track gear, I guess they're calling it. And then like champion and veteran are lower level and like veteran gear comes from um, like weeklies or like lower level dungeons. Champion gear will come from like your mid-level dungeons and then, you know, um, things like that. So again, I think more clarification on the gear tracks, which I think people were slightly concerned, confused about. But again, it means that like you need to do higher level content to build up a gear to a higher level, which is of what I think Blizzard wants to push, um, get away from, you know, the, the uh, you know, plus two key spam and then just sort of spamming lower level dungeons to get an item and then, you know, spending a bunch of valor to upgrade it to, to like its mythic equivalent. Um, yeah. Um, and they did, so the only, I guess maybe one of the, the only other final things is like they did talk a little bit about um, this system moving forward, at least in, in passing, right? And so, uh, what they basically said was like, this is something that's been set up specifically for season two and 10.1. Uh, and they're not sure if it's going to continue into season three. I think the idea is like, 
as we get to interact with the system, I think we just need to give Blizzard as much feedback as we can on if we like it, if it's good, if it's bad. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's the that's the idea is that you know it could be extended, it could be the new way we upgrade gear, or they could say, yeah, this didn't work, this was you know not what we wanted to see, and, and we're going to go back to Valor and just or I guess it's just Valor now. Yeah. Um, head back to Valor. So. Yeah. We'll see how it works out. Um, this kind of like we're going to introduce it and see how it goes. Um, I think is good. I would rather get something that is maybe flawed and just like we're getting it in 10.1 instead of waiting for 11.0 because the the current system isn't perfect. This also, this approach means they're not committing to potentially having a broken system in place for an entire expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they release this and it has flaws, and those flaws are pretty severe, ultimately, you know, then in 10.2, it may just be the current system of Valor points and, you know, you can't upgrade rate gear again. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, I, yeah, like I said, I, or like you said, I think it's cool that we get like this interim or not like an interim system, I guess, or like a, a system that's a test. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. a non expansion, expansion patch, I think it's, it's crazy for Blizzard. So, um, so cool. Um, all right. Well, I think that's, I mean, we, we, we're going to talk about raid testing up coming up here in a couple minutes, which did happen last week. But in terms of like major topics, and that's the biggest thing. Um, and so I wanted to touch a little bit on 10.0.7, which comes out on Tuesday this week. So if you're listening to this live, you have two or three days from this. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, you might already be out or you might be listening Monday afternoon. Um, but yeah, so 10.0.7 launches this week. Um, so this patch contains a bunch of different stuff we'll say um this is going to be um outside of class changes it's there's new race combinations um coming out so i think monk so for us we get organ drain eye and goblin which yep. means i'm going to be goblin until i can be gnome so excited um we also get additional story content in the forbidden reach we get to actually go to where the evokers you know, woke up in their vault or whatever um, see some more the Mistweavers get to go and raid the Evoker Palace and uh, and take their shit. Yes. Well, we'll talk. Maybe maybe I'll get a Evoker jab in here in a second. We talk about class changes. Um, there is a new faction that you can sort of gain reputation with the Winter Pelt for blogs, uh, which for bulgs, however you say that, uh, which I absolutely hate. Um, I killed them in Winter Spring. Uh, is it a the, different? Is it different? Are they different? I don't know. They sound. It looks so familiar to like the mobs you kill for the Winter Saber in Classic. But anyway, um, new faction there. Um, and I guess we get some other random story stuff. There's a main blood hoof story that continues. Um, apparently, there's a there's an NPC that comes back <laughs> that hasn't been in the game for thirty years. Did you read this? No. So in war. So in Warcraft three, as a part of their campaign. You go with Rexar and one other Torin to save Bane. Okay, um, yeah. And that other Torin, I don't know the name of it, so this is me not knowing the lore, was only ever mentioned in that campaign in Warcraft 3. He's okay. never, like, the, the NPC has never come back, never been mentioned anywhere else, but in this sort of new Bane storyline, NPC's coming back. Okay, cool. Uh, I yeah. did not know that. I do remember that campaign quest, though. 
Yeah, and so like there were people like on the Wikipedia page, right, for the NPC, they're like speculation that like they died at some point because they've never been talked about since. So, um, yeah, that's out there. Um, I'm trying to think anything other major. There's new heritage armor. Um, oh, and there's um, there's a new faction envoy system, which basically just means you get 10% increased uh, uh, experience. Or sorry, 10% increased. Um, reputation or, or renowned with it's a also specific like, faction. like some days they'll give you basically a daily quest for that faction yeah. um which you know not really my thing but also i do eventually want to get the red scale dragon riding thing which comes from the dragon scale expedition which is pretty much that reputation only comes from like it comes from outdoor content mm-hmm. and then the raid things that you get, which I don't do outdoor content on the characters that I raid on. So I have like half of the reputation that I have for that faction on my monk and half of it on my DK. And nice. so neither of them can get anything. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it'll help fix that a little bit. A little bit, a little bit of a catch up, which will be nice. A little bit of a catch up, so, um, and yeah, and then then we have uh, the heritage armor for orcs and humans. So, um, it's pretty. I mean, a pretty substantial content patch. I think the the story stuff moving forward will be interesting. We get the and so in terms of systems too, we get the new ring system. There's the new yeah. ring plus gems. Which... People are people are asking in peak like, hey, what are, what are we wearing for the rings? And I'm like, I don't know. They were still tuning it this week. Yeah, they're still making changes. Your guess is as good as mine. So uh, I expect that we will have something for Brewmaster around Tuesday. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like you're locked into whatever gems you put in. You can just go get more gems. Yes. And the gems aren't upgradable. Last I knew, it was just the ring that you upgraded. Yeah. So you could just have fun and play around with it. Like there's not, this isn't the shards of domination thing where if you put the shard in, you have to wait until you're revered to swap it with a different one. You could just swap it, like put some in, see how it works. If you don't like it, use something else. If we come out and like, eh, Sims say this is the highest DPS combination. And it's like, great. You can just go put that go in. Go do it. Yeah. There's zero like, restriction. Yeah. So no, this, don't, pretty, don't pretty stress about system. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, well, we'll say I think for misweavers, there's I, honestly I don't even think we wear the ring. I'll be completely honest with you. So, <laughs> on that note, there was an interview with Ian as well, which we're mostly going to skip over. But one of the things that was in that interview is that he said they want the ring to be something that everybody kind of pretty much everybody wants to use during yeah. season one, which says to me that we might get another round of changes to it before Tuesday because currently I think that is like what you're saying for misweaver is pretty much the case for everybody that you should just people don't want it because it doesn't have secondary stats so it's like tanks are going to use it because fuck secondary stats right um (laughs) yeah at least in raid like in in mythic plus actually so right now in mythic plus it's different than it has been in a lot of previous seasons where a lot of previous seasons we had trinkets and things that didn't have a lot of secondary or that were like really valuable in aoe so they they outpace secondaries on tanks, but actually right now um, you do want secondary stat trinkets 
in a lot of cases, especially on like a fortified week uh, where you're doing a lot of AOE and that's the important part. Maybe on like tyrannical, you still run double on use, uh, like yeah. a whetstone grief torch kind of setup. But um, yeah, it, stuff like Hunger of the Pack right now is actually pretty good. So nice. I don't know if you'll actually use this ring as a tank in Mythic Plus. I think you will in Raid. Um, but. We'll see. And that honestly just might be the change that they put in. Like, I could see it on Tuesday being like, you know, when you upgrade this, you have to take it to the, the crafting thing and do a crafting order to upgrade your ring. Uh-huh. They, it may just be like you can put emissive in it now and sex yeah. secondary stats. Yeah, even a, even a reduced amount of secondaries would, would, would definitely help. Oh. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I like, like They're still tuning it, I think, right now even. The limited stuff I've done, just testing and looking at it, didn't look too exciting. So there's um, okay. There's like two modes that this item has, right? It's like not exciting at the base level of just like nothing particularly crazy happening, and then yeah. somebody finding an infinite loop where it just does infinite damage. There's no middle ground. Yeah, there's yeah. Like yeah. the the video has gone around of uh, who was it? Was it Volk or Swaggles or who was it that had had the video going around? Where they put on three different gems and they waited for it to proc, and then when it proc'd, it just did infinite damage. Yeah, I think that was Swagels. I think he was testing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Uh, they fixed that. It it no longer does infinite damage. Um, although that would have been a fun way to get our reclear done the first week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been it. Would have been nice to to quickly move through the raid, but yeah. Well, maybe a little we'll bit see- too trivial. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see on the on the on the ring what the final outcome is. So we definitely won't have anything for probably the the Tuesday. But like you said, changing things out or adding or removing gems will be pretty easy. So, um, yeah, and then we got a we got a ton of of course class changes that came with this patch too. So like like you said, we're not going to touch on everything. Um, I think you know for maybe for Windwalkers, um, the big one that they're getting is they're getting Sky Touch. It's basically a new talent. Um, it shares the, uh, it's a, it's a choice node with what's the other, what's the actual name of the sky reach, sky reach. Yeah. But sky reach and sky touch. And basically all sky touch does is removes the teleport, or like the, the port portion of sky reach. Um, and so this is sort of big because I know as a miss, as, as a wind walk, when I, when I take this talent, sometimes it's extremely disorienting when you like port in front of something or port to something when you're not expecting it. Um, I know that Arwen Walker and Raid has died to like the North a couple times. Yeah. Um, and then also to just randomly running in front of the boss and getting cleave by something. Yeah. Um, or yeah. or the um, the real fun one on Razageth, you like sky reach back into the boss and there's a lightning thing there, yeah. and you so you just sky reach into lightning, get stunned, and then get killed. Yeah. It's yeah. an exciting one. Yeah, so that's I think that's the the, the biggest thing out of Windwalker, um, and they've gotten other like damage increases to some other talents, some other talent changes. So um, most of those though are focused on single target um, updates. So um, no, so that's that's on the Windwalker side. No Brewmaster changes. We did or... actually get some hot fixes this week to Blackout combo. Okay, well, that's good. So that's good. two two ones that have been on our bug list for a while. Blackout combo with Purifying Brew now actually pauses Stagger. It didn't before. Um, people w- want this effect to be so much more powerful and valuable than it is. 
Uh-huh. A lot of the reason it was really good in Legion is because of our extremely low brew cooldown and the ability to just chain blackout combo um, iron skin brew just the whole time. And you can kind of st- pause stagger for like 15 seconds at a time. And that's way more diff- like way more powerful than pausing it for like six. Uh-huh. Um, then there is a fixed blackout combo. Celestial brew now gives you the three extra charges of improved celestial brew for that cast instead of it just like giving you a buff that applies to the next cast um, which is a lot better in higher end content kind of a wash in lower end content it makes it more intuitive to use it says like if you blackout combo celestial brew it makes this one better like you want this one to be better it's not building up towards the next one uh-huh. um, in higher end content you kind of overwrote those stacks anyway before your next celestial brew in like a lot of cases like maybe it bumped you from nine stacks to ten stacks but that's not a like you're not intentionally comboing that very much yeah 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 nice well that's good yeah those i see it i always love hot fixes so um so yeah those came in on like friday they're working hard um yeah and then i guess the 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 class or the spec with the most changes is is misweaver where um, we got a we got a bunch of I think changes. Um, so to go through these pretty quickly because we touched on a lot of this. Actually, maybe one we didn't talk about. We touched on a lot of this though. So the biggest thing is we have a new talent um, for Shaylun's gift. Um, and so this is basically it's an additional node. Um, so it'll be it's not a choice or anything like that. Just an additional node. And what it does is it um, increases the or adds two or sorry Shaylun's gift now heals two additional allies. So that's five uh, so up from three. And the cast time is reduced by half a second. Um, so this is a huge um, with a plus buff, actually. Um, basically, yeah. means like your Shaylun's will hit everyone. Um, and this will be, I think, a theme as we look at Misweavers. They're they're sort of removing some of the, the randomness in the targets that are hit by our spells because a lot of our healing is not targeted. So it's it's sort of we get like a disproportionate amount of just like RNG where like if Shaylun's heals the 90% target, not the 20% target, the 20% target dies. Yeah, I definitely Um, ran into this. I I heal a couple keys now and ran into this exact thing where, you know, there's two targets that are low and, you know, everybody else is just, like, not topped. And I hit Shailene's Gift on one of the low people and the other one's health just doesn't move. Yeah, yeah. This is a a very cool talent. This will be an almost automatic pick in Mythic Mythic Plus for you. So, um, yeah, it's very good. they also did change uh, Shailen's gift healing, so they increased it by twenty percent, which is a sort of a buff. Um, but then they removed, or then they changed the way that mastery triggers. Mastery will only trigger on the primary target of Shailen's gift. Previously, all of your secondary targets were also triggering mastery, um, which was sort of nice, nice healing boost. But yeah, um, no longer will occur. But you did get a solid twenty percent just baseline increase um, to it. Um, they then made a bug fix, which I, I think is right, is that the Shaylin's Gift Clouds now reset upon uh, when boss raid encounters are started, along with when Mythic, Mythic Plus starts. This means you can't start a fight with ten right, of, of the yeah. Clouds. Yeah. Um, you know what this Shaylin's Gift? Shaohao's Lessons got some updates, which I think are good or bad, depending on how you look at it. First up is the Lesson of Fear, which is the Haste buff. Um, that it's haste-reduced um 25% to 20%. Um just sort of lessons of fear was by far the best buff you could get. 
Um, and so people would fish for it. Um, and so now it's, yeah. it's not as good. It's still probably the best one, just not astronomically better. Um, and then the other thing that they did is that Shailun's lessons will now display a tracking buff indicating which lesson will be learned on the next cast. So basically, you'll be able to see the next time you cast Shailun's gift, what buff you're getting. Um, and so it's one of the four. You always basically you'll be able to know up front what buff you're getting the next time you cast, which is really good. We'll let you fish or make changes if you want, if you need it for a specific mechanic coming up. Uh, but it also means that the uh, lessons buffs now operate on a deck system. If you're not familiar with decks, the way that deck systems work in WoW, basically you get all of your options um, and you just sort of pick, like let's say you have four options here. It's like picking a card from a group of four. So you pick the first card, it might be the first buff, you pick the second card, it's going to be something different, third and fourth. And when you pick all four, you reshuffle those cards and you start picking again. And so the idea is um, you will always be able to predict based on the deck system what your next buff will be. Um, that does mean that you can no longer high roll Less of the fear into less of the fear into less of the fear into less of the fear. Um, so that's a downside. On the upside, it means you can no longer low roll. I don't know what the worst buff is, but you can no longer low roll the worst buff over and over again. Exactly. So it constrains the variance, which for healing, I think is good. Um, oh, yeah. This is definitely like if you look at how Outlaw Rogue works, they don't use a deck system for their. Uh, roll the bones but they are constantly able to re-roll not literally all the time but they they have a very high frequency of being able to re-roll their buffs to try and hit certain things and then just run with those buffs for a while so um the variance there is a little bit more like you can't just recast shaylin's gift all the time I mean, you could just recast it on cooldown, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. super matter for an outlaw rogue whether you don't have your best buff all the time. Whereas, like, because, like, if one person low rolls in a 20-person raid, another person is likely to high roll odds of, like, all 14 DPS low rolling at the same time. Not that likely. So if if the outlaw rogue is just one of 14 and happens to low roll, it's not the end of the world. But if your misweaver is assigned to say, heal a storm surge and low rolls, that's way different. Yeah. Cause they're the only one that's supposed to be carrying that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now this definitely reduces that type of RNG. It also means that you can sort of target buffs again, like you said, for specific mechanics coming up. So, um, It'll be it'll be something you want to track for sure on your UI, and then just make sure you have the right buff for the for the next next big healing mechanic. So, um, but a couple of other there's some changes to Thunder Focus Teen and Enveloping Mist, um, which makes Enveloping Mist instant cast along with other effects. So that's good. a nice change. Yeah, they also made changes to Zen Pulse. This is one of the buggiest spells I feel like in the game. Um, yeah, particularly when you use macros with it. So basically, they remove the target requirement. From Zen Pulse. So previously to cast Zen Pulse on someone, there had to be an enemy within range of that person. And you could cast Zen Pulse. Now you can just cast on whoever you want. Move. Um, I'm pretty sure like it's what they have two bullet points for this. The second bullet says fixed an issue that caused Zen Pulse not function with in-game mouse over settings. Just fixing the first thing fixes the second thing. <laughs> there was something weird about mouse overs and like requirements for casting that were just yeah. Yeah. Up. 
it it had issues. I believe the the biggest one that I heard of was on bosses with very large hitboxes. Sometimes it would think that your mouse over target was not in range of it. Yeah. And yeah. so like Razageth, notably, very large hitbox. Um, so Narth also a major pain point for that. Taros, like yeah. kind of a pain. And it would too, like if you use certain mouse over macros, like it would it would still cast the spell, but it would cast on yourself. Which was oh, like because yeah. if you had mobs in range of you, but it couldn't determine if your mouse over target did or did not. It, just it would cast just cast it on yourself. yourself. Okay. Yeah. Which was interesting. Yeah, which is fun. Oh. Um <laughs> Then another big, actually another fairly big change. So for our Celestials, um, whenever you activate Yulon or Chiji, you apply Cheek Cocoons to five targets within 40 yards. So basically, you apply some sort of Absorb Shield to five targets within 40 yards whenever you click or invoke a Celestial. Um, this is a good change just because Blizzard did this a little bit last time with like the GCD changes they make where they basically say like if you hit a button and nothing instantly happens, they will put like an instant cast effect around that. Like with, with invoke, you know, you hit it and then you have to like use a couple of GCDs to build up enough to actually start casting. And so similarly, that's what Blizzard tried to fix. Um, just so ba- to keep, sorry. Basically this is you get absorb shields on people. In Myth Plus it's just everybody gets a shield. Exactly. Which is going to make things a little bit easier to, uh, to reactively use these in keys. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you're just healing a pug and people stand in the bad, then you can hit your GG and like they won't instantly die while you're exactly. in that GCD from GG. They'll get a shield and then you can start, you know, kicking stuff and healing them up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but just to, I guess to note, these are called she cocoons, so they don't get any of the life cocoon talents. So um, you won't see like. Know, buffs being Kelly, you won't get enveloping mist or, or renewing mist tar- added to these targets if you take that talent. So, um, there's that. And then the biggest change, I think, out of all these, by the way, just to, to, to denote this, is enveloping breath's heal over time effect is now visible on raid frames. <laughs> Only took an expansion plus a couple of content patch to get this changed in the raid frames. But, um, yeah, this was a this was a huge issue, particularly. I literally. The reason I made the ClickBytes videos I made to sort of discuss mechanics was because of Enveloping Breath. We did we did like a deep dive on Warcraft log data in like mid-Shadowlands time period and found something like 30 or 40% of all Mistweavers had logs where they never triggered Enveloping Breath. Like, Oh, no. Yeah. They just didn't know it existed. Like people would come in and be like, I don't know how to use Yulon. Um, and it's like I hit it nothing happens. And I was like, well, you have to – enveloping mist and trigger things with it because it you don't do anything it's just soothing mist like free targets and that's it yeah um so yeah so this is a big change because it'll show on the raid frames i think is people can take like use default raid frames you never know um, um there's also so there's this one final change um uh, enveloping mists applied by mystic peaks may now be extended by rising mist up to two additional seconds was six mm-hmm that seems like a pretty big nerf. Is it just like because it only applies to the misty peaks enveloping mist? It's not as big as it seems. It's not. It's not huge. Um, so so what this and and really you would only get two seconds per. So the reason it was six seconds previously was that basically you can extend any hot up to a hundred percent of its duration. So like that was that's always the the limit with with 
right using rising mist as a talent if you take rising mist whenever you hit rising sun kick your uh heal over time effects are extended um and so previously you and that extension is capped at 100 percent of the original duration of the, the spell i believe i think that's the cap. um and so what happened is, is like if you had a Misty Peaks proc, it procs an enveloping miss on a target for six seconds. And um, you can extend it for up to six seconds. And so now they've basically just limited it where like you extend it only two seconds versus okay. six. It's not... I guess there's a little bit of like you could high roll and get, you know, Rising Sun Kick just multiple resets um, exactly. in that period and extended to six seconds, but typically you won't. So a lot of the time you were already only getting two seconds. Yeah. So this sort of cuts out the, the larger like high roll portions, um, of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, we'll see, we'll, we'll say this shouldn't be a, a major change, I think in the grand scheme of things, but, um, but yeah, yeah. They, they did make a little bit of a change there. So, um, I think that's everything for for Mistweaver. So, like I said, like new talent, which is really cool, really good mythic plus talent, and then update to Shaohao Lessons, which I think is easier, make it a little bit easier to use. You know, get the buff he wants lined up for the next mechanic, and then this change to Celestial Harmony. I guess it's developing breath to now trigger a uh, a shield on people when you cast your evoke, which is good. So. um, well, cool. I know which, we're. I still want to talk about raid testing, but I don't know if there's anything yeah. else in ten out of seven you want to quickly touch on no i think i think that pretty well covers it um we've talked a lot about 1007 over the past several episodes and i think um like obviously they keep changing stuff so we keep having to talk about it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um, no but i'm excited to see it drop i'm i will say the one thing we didn't talk about was like evokers which we're not really i don't talk about them preservation evokers absolutely gutted um they're getting wow. a huge amount of changes yeah um, which there's like honestly they, oh sorry the way it was explained to me is they're taking the current most powerful, most popular build for Preservation Evoker, nuking it, and then from the ashes, the second most popular, most powerful Preservation Evoker build is just going to be meta. Yeah, basically. I mean, the, the I think the TA build, or Temporal Anomaly build, I think is a little bit easier to play in general. Okay. Um, which I think just, you know, uh, contributes to that. But yeah, they're, they're sort of nerfing that main build, which... It's funny. I, I'm all happy for it, but then I'm also I'm very also sad about it because my trade right now Jillian is triple evoker. So it's like <laughs> I'm kind of excited about nerfing myself. I'm going to relearn how to heal portions of that oh, fight. No. So, yeah, we'll we'll see oh, how we'll no. see how it goes on Tuesday for sure. I so. oh no, I really hope it doesn't hurt you guys too bad. Uh, yeah. Hopefully the second best build is still okay. You know, the worst case scenario is you go in on Tuesday and just like can't progress because preservation evoker is dog shit now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think your triple evoker setup is just not playable. That would be bad. That would be really bad because we don't, I think at that point, then we're pulling DPS to heal, which means like, it's funny. Like I think our backup at that point is get a resto shaman, but that's our enhancement shaman. Then we oh, lose no. not only Battle Shout, but we also would then lose Wind Fury. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Um, and so yeah, and then we have oh, uh, we could pull it. We could pull a Druid or we could pull a Priest in or Holy Priest, but like, he hasn't been on any Razgath pulls ever. So it's like we have, we're learning with a player. Anyway, our raid problems. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, there's a there's a ton of class changes across the board, which is uh, yeah, which is cool. So um, 
Yeah, I guess um, final topic, raid testing. And they did. We opened up raid testing this week um, with a couple of heroic bosses. I think it was what? There was four, four heroic, heroic bosses. So we tested the first two bosses. Uh, and then I think what are two end wing bosses. This is fairly early testing. There's still stuff that kind of doesn't work. Um, some oddities with these bosses, in particular, Dungeon Journal's a liar. So if <laughs> you have read the Dungeon Journal for this boss and you haven't tested it, there's things in the Dungeon Journal that do not work like they uh, are written. Um, yeah. So just real quickly, there, the four bosses we tested, uh, Kazara, first boss, fairly straightforward. People get puddles. Those puddles, uh, you run laser beams, like, People get puddles, you drop them off somewhere. People get laser beams, you run the laser beams into the puddle, or the laser beam never goes away. Ah, okay. Cool, cool. And that's like, you know, the majority of the fight. It's the first boss. It's not that complicated. Um, there is the, like, remnant of Ner'zhul style, like, breaking armor off of the boss that spawns swirlies and stuff like that. It did not have a major impact on timers that we could tell. So you're hopefully not going to deal with the Remnant of Nerzul style, your healing cooldown timers change literally every week because you push it a different time. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully that won't be a problem. Again, it is the first boss, so even if it is, you know, Aranog, it doesn't matter if you somehow were to get different healing timers on it. It just wouldn't matter. Gotcha. Um, the mythic mechanic is going to be interesting on that. Like one that is currently listing is if two laser beams cross paths. They explode. Oh, so it's, it's don't cross the beams. I like that. I like that. Um, so there's going to be some interesting space management there potentially. Um, going to be probably it, it, it's what it's likely to be is there's going to be some geometry that gets done to figure out how to drop the pools initially and how to spread the raid so that you just aren't very likely to cross the beams in the first place. And to be clear, it's not like two lasers. Two lasers touching based. Like, well, I just said the dungeon journal lies, but two lasers touching the the value that's listed in the dungeon journal for damage dealt to the raid is not like instant wipe. It's like thirty percent of the raid's health. So it's like okay. it's bad. Yeah. And if you really mess it up, you will instantly wipe. But it's not like one singular mistake wipes the raid again. First boss. So, uh, second boss, uh, the amalgamation chamber, aka Molgoth. This is a really confusing one for people because they listed one name, but the dungeon journal listed a different one. Um, <laughs> nice. The best analogy that I have for this is the intermission of uh, heroic eye of the jailer, where you have the two eyes and you can't bring them too close to each other or they empower each other. Yeah. Um, but you need to kill them both um, roughly the same time. And they each have, well, in this case, each of them has a different mechanic. One of them is a shadow one. One of them's a fire one. They have the debuffs, kind of like Mythic uh, Eye of the Jailer did, except that you don't explode when you touch somebody of the opposite color, <laughs> which is good because that mechanic sucked. Like, okay, yeah. it was either just completely trivial because you just, like, split correctly and moved correctly, or it was... Yeah incredibly frustrating because somebody disengaged into somebody else or you like made it out of the intermission phase and and melee moved back to the boss and like your healer came over and they just touched and blew up the rate it was just awful so oh, there's no blowing up the rate instantly at least currently 
um, which is good. Again, second boss, it shouldn't have that kind of mechanic, just period. It just shouldn't have that kind of mechanic. Um, And so when you get them both to 50%, they merge into a Shadow Flame Elemental. Um, Well, okay, I should say, when you get either of them to 50%, they merge. But the boss, the like thing they merge into has HP depending on how far, how much damage you did to both of them. So if you just hard burn one down, the second phase starts at 75% HP. But if you deal damage to them evenly, um, it starts at 50% HP. So it's a pretty significant incentive to just like, to equal damage to both, at least early on. I'm sure by the end, people will just lust, have, you know, 19 people on one, a single <laughs> tank on the other, and just, like, burn it, and then just burn the uh, the second phase, and it just won't matter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Being but a, that's a, fine. First boss, yeah. Um, but then one of the interesting things about the Shadow Flame Elemental is it takes a mechanic from the Fire Elemental and a mechanic from the uh, Shadow Elemental, and it puts them together... And so one of the things, this is interesting to me on a more like raid technicality, like technical level. Normally the hardest part of a raid is like overlaps between mechanics and the dungeon journal never lists those. Like it never tells you, oh, mechanic A and mechanic B are going to overlap at this time. And that's going to, you know, that's something you have to solve. Um, These are kind of like mechanic overlaps that are written out in the dungeon journal. Ah, okay. So you have one where there's Armageddon soaks that spawn, and then from those soaks, you get orbs that come out. And that's listed out in the dungeon journal, and that is the fire elemental has the Armageddon soaks, the um, shadow elemental has the orbs that that move around that you have to dodge. Uh And so then when they merge, you have one mechanic that's both of them. And it's like, that's just kind of, I don't know, neat to me on a more like raid structure, like information communication standpoint than an actual mechanical standpoint. Mechanically, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The the hardest part to figure out was how to have like what timing to have people swap so that they didn't get too high a stacks of the debuffs in phase one. In phase two, there's a a different debuff that you get. um, And it's permanent. Gotcha. So uh, and you you get it from dealing with the mechanics so there's there's things that you do there to like you know probably on mythic you're not going to have the same people soaking armor getting soaks every time because then they just like die to the stacks yeah. that kind of thing um so yeah and, and like lincoln lincoln said we just burned the fire guy to push the boss to phase two we did the same thing earlier in the like hour of raid testing that we had to just see the second phase. Uh, we did actually manage to get both of them to 50% before pushing um, and actually killed it from there. Um, the Doing it from 75% was just a little bit much for how we were doing it. We just had people die at the end of the phase two. Um, but yeah. Then uh, on the second day of raid testing, we have what I think are end wing bosses. Uh, we had Brashok the Elder and uh, ooh, have fun saying this one, Zhikarn, Z-S-K-A-R-N, the Vigilant Z- Seward. Uh, Zakaron. Yeah, Zakaroon. Um, so we have Zakaroon um, and uh, and Rashok. Yeah. So uh, we tested, I think Zakaroon was first. 
Um, I'm actually going to pull up the raid plan for this because the, the the room matters. This is one of those like the 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 room oh, the okay. floor yeah. has a pattern like part, on it yeah, that is like, used for the fight. Yeah, part of the fight. Yeah. Um, so I have the raid plan for this pulled up. Um, if you're just l- listening <laughs> to it, what this is is like imagine dragon scales are the floor and they're laid out in this like hexagonal pattern. Um, so you're on like this hex grid, uh, uh-huh. kind of like on Painsmith you had the square grid, except this is a hex grid. Um, and throughout the fight, the boss is going to spawn, uh, traps. These traps are spawned in just dead center on one of these, these dragon scales and one of these hexagons. Um, and so kind of the main mechanic of this fight is you get these traps. These traps are permanent unless you kill these golems that drop, you know, parts that you can use to disarm a trap. Um, so you get but you get more traps than you get golems so you are eventually going to run out of space and there's this tension between like doing damage to the golems um, which is going to take damage off of the boss so like maybe like there's a point where you just say we don't kill golems anymore Uh and we just burn the boss from here and we just kill it before we run out of space um there's certain other things on this fight, like the. I actually need to go put a comment on the PTR forums. The visual, there's these dragon statues around the the room um, oh. that he periodically will will activate, and they do a big. And when I say big, I mean big, 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 big <laughs> cone, uh, very large with a very poor animation at the edge. <laughs> so we had a number of wipes w- that were just people. Like it does three pulses, and the pulses get progressively bigger. Gotcha. So you have time to like get out of it, which is cool. But also on the third pulse, the edge of the animation is just really bad. Like yeah. you get hit by it, but visually you didn't get hit by it. Um, so there is part of our ray testing on this boss was just figuring out where the edge actually was for the third hit, which is uh-huh. just not how it should be. That's something that needs to, needs to change. Yeah. Um, but this one I think is going to be interesting okay um i do feel like this is going to very rapidly at least like pre-mythic going to devolve into just ignoring as many of the mechanics as possible and burning the boss um because the way the way it works is you get like six traps a minute okay yeah um and the golems if you don't do something about them will activate more traps. So you have to do something about them. You don't necessarily have to kill them, though. You yeah, can CC them. them. Yeah. Uh, you can actually root them, and they if they are not near enough to the trap that they were trying to activate, if you root them, they'll just stand there. Oh, uh, okay. So um, there may be some shenanigans there, but if you only get the traps from the boss, like, you actually there's a the other thing is every time he activates the dragon statues he activates an additional dragon statue so the first one there's one dragon statue activated the second time there's two then there's three there's only like if you get five there's like a you know you get like one square centimeter to stand on that's safe so by that point (laughs) you've effect like if you if you don't beat five i think you just die um which makes this like a five minute effectively soft enrage gotcha but five minutes six traps you get 30 traps there's like 60 squares or hexes um so you just 
I mean, I guess there's not that many. It's more it's more like 45. But it's still like you end up with a third of the room left at that point. If you if you just have to beat that one, like and you actually can, like if this ends up being a three minute, four minute boss kill on heroic, then you just kinda like don't do any of the mechanics, keep the keep like you assign one person to just keep the the golems from doing anything useful. Yeah. And you just burn the boss. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I feel like on mythic, you're just not going to be able to burn it. So you, you just have to actually do the mechanics. Yeah. Deal with the traps and everything. Yeah. Makes sense. But like Dathea heroic, right? We started yeah. very like first week we did it the real way. Second week, we just ignored platforms pretty much. Like we yeah, did like was... one platform the second week. And then after that, I don't think past the second week we ever did a platform on heroic again. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just pick the boss. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, then the final boss that we tested, uh, Rashok the Elder. This is the one where the dungeon journal lied more than any other boss. Uh-huh. Um, so this boss gains energy throughout the fight and uh, you drag him. There's a conduit in the middle. Like if you remember Guardian of the First Ones where there were the pylons around and you dragged Guardian of the First Ones into a pylon to drain his or in, in that case, to refill his energy, but, you know, to drain Rashok's energy, in this case, to keep him from hitting 100. If he hits 100, you die. Gotcha. Um, and the Dungeon it- Journal says, if he stays in the conduit for more than 10 seconds, he enrages and you die. <laughs> oh, gotcha. But That's how it actually case. works is you drag him in there, and then he, like, stops doing any mechanics, channels this spell until his energy is fully drained, which is more than 10 seconds, but yeah. you don't die. So Dungeon Journal just a little bit wrong there. Uh, <laughs> just a wee bit wrong. Lately? And what else was there? Like, So it, he like does this like lo- leap onto people that leaves lava pools behind. Um, What's if a- you overlap with another lava pool, the raid dies. Okay, it's gonna spread. Okay, so you gotta like spread them out, and then he picks three lava pools periodically to have just waves come out from. Like if you imagine the prideful or, yeah, prideful waves, except instead of it being a a like plus sign, Uh it's like five points. It's like a hexagon. Okay, Uh, another a pentagon. Pentagon, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Um, interesting. Gotcha. And he's what's that? Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I was. I was gonna say. Um, actually, I forget what I was gonna say. All right, you continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like the catch with that is, it does raid damage when he leaps on somebody, and damage is increased by fifty percent for each pool that is out. Okay. And of course, you're probably waiting for like, okay, so where's the mechanic that lets us remove pools? Yeah. There's not one. You just eventually die. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, is the damage low enough to start that you can get like multiple pools and things like that? Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. Like so you can DPS go. Race. It is a DPS race. It's kind of like a, a patchwork kind of like you must kill the boss before you die to just seismic slam, ruining the raid. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. Which kind of it's weird because like you, it, it looks on the surface like there's like this space constraint because you uh-huh. just are going to run out of space to drop the puddles. But you die to the damage from the way before space is a problem. 
you have like half the room left when it was just literally one shotting us. Gotcha. So this is the, this is like the patchwork. Yeah, I've encountered for this right. Awesome. And there's there's some very odd implementation things here. Like there's a what looks like a tank combo where you do the thing with the tanks swap back and forth during the combo. Uh huh. Except the two casts don't interact with each other, so you just one person takes both of them and the other person swaps, so it's just a tag swap every 40 seconds-ish. Gotcha. Um, and then there's a like meteor soak that appears on the tank um, that if you're not in it, you take like 250k damage. It's it's a pretty sizable oh. chunk. If you're not in yeah. it, you don't you take that. If you are in it, you take 180k and then 300k as a dot over 10 seconds okay so either okay so it ended up actually being easier to have literally everybody not in it because then nobody gets the dot we just take the 250k there's no other damage going out yeah and you just top people up over the like 15 seconds until the next seismic slam yeah and yeah they have to they'll probably have to change that yeah that's that's a little too easy it appears directly on one of the tanks, but they can just uh-huh. walk out of it. So that seems like probably it was supposed to like be the jailer kind of root the tank. Yeah, then uh, yeah, you, you gather around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some, something got to change there because right now it's just like really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. That fight felt, I will say empty like it was missing mechanics and some of that may be that like there was very little raid damage because we didn't have to soak the thing so like the main points of raid damage is when you pulled the boss into the conduit again like guardian of the first ones when you're in the conduit there's just like a huge amount of pulsing raid damage the other mechanics don't happen but there are swirlies on the floor that you have to dodge and so there's some like awkward things where like you'll drop a spirit link totem and then sometimes you'll just get a bunch of swirlies under the spiritling totem and have to walk out of it. And it's just the most awful thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, how was, how would you say like in, like in general, having done all the fights, how, how, like is it, is it good? Like the mechanic, I, know I would say it's good so far. Work. Good it, so far. I would say it's good so far. Uh, Rashok gotcha. is like I feel like Rashok is the kind of thing where the there's going to be a lot of intensity that comes doing this on Mythic from the race, from having to min max stuff in order to make the damage check. Kind of like Sludgefist. Yeah. Sludgefist had a better cadence by a lot, okay. um, where you were constantly like there was just constantly a mechanic happening. Um, Rashok has big gaps where just like nothing is happening. Gotcha. So um, it's just damage. But yeah, it was, so I mean, it was also just heroic, right? So, like, you'd imagine, like, yeah. something from a mythic perspective would. Yeah, and that's those. that's kind of, like, Sludgefist did have gaps on heroic, where it's just, like, people got healthy again, you just stopped having to deal with stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, we didn't... Yeah, we'll see. Um, oh, we did find one thing. It was a lot of fun to figure out. So, it, one thing we, we saw, we figured out early on, is you can feign death or greater invis the seismic slam and it won't go off oh nice and you think to yourself wow that's really cool turns out that if you do that the next time he casts it he has double stacks oh no oh right so it does double damage that's yeah 
So early on, that's fine because he is like instead of it being at you know, it goes from being like one stack to two stacks or two stacks to four stacks, and that's just fine. And then he clears his stacks when when he finishes his sleep cast, and you just move on. So on the early ones, actually feigning them or greater invincing them would be really good. But then you get to the end, and if you take him from you know eight stacks to sixteen stacks, you just wipe the raid. <laughs> Yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. That's <laughs> so issue. Uh, that was fun for us to figure out because we were just like, sometimes we were fine and sometimes we just get absolutely destroyed and we just couldn't figure it out for a while. And it turned out yeah. it was because of the fame timing. Like doing it on Makes the early sense. ones yeah. is very safe. Doing it on the late ones just like murders the raid. Yeah, it just kills everybody. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I will say the, the I mean, I, I did not get to do raid testing just because typically I'm of I've, I've work at that point. But um. But I will say that the, the interesting part about, I mean, the fights sound really cool. I watched a couple of like reviews, saw some tweets about them. So everybody seemed pretty high on the, the rate in general. The crazy thing though is that Blizzard posted the, the testing schedule for like the next six weeks, which is like <laughs> the longest, like the most advanced notice I think we've ever gotten on testing. There's which so is, much rate testing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is which is interesting, but also like super cool that they're like getting ahead of it and upfront of like, hey, we have all yeah. this testing upcoming. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was also funny. Like they don't have bosses, and like the only bosses they sort of mentioned were for this week, right? Yeah. Um, so like they did, they did sort of say like when normal modes opening. Um, so over a weekend, normal mode will be opening coming up here on the twenty fourth. Um, certain bosses there. They'll have LFR testing at the end of the month um, for a weekend, and then mythic testing starts in in early April. So all of April yeah. is about mythic bosses, which is just fun. So yeah. so yeah, they they definitely got ahead of the the testing here for that stuff. So um, we actually have our first mythic boss test uh, the very end of March, March thirtieth. Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, I didn't. Uh, and then all of like you said, all of April is just April, 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 April. Um, notably, if we want to read, you know, read the tea leaves, uh, Friday, April twenty first is the last date listed for raid testing. Yeah. So. If you wanted to speculate about raid release based on the final day of raid testing, you might speculate that the raid releases two to three weeks after the last day of raid testing, maybe even a month. So we yeah. might be looking at potentially like a May 15th kind of uh, uh, raid release. Yeah. Who knows? Which seems might be appropriate. Be appropriate for 10.1, somewhere in there. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's um, it's awesome that the fights seem really good. I, I I saw a couple of screenshots too of the raid. It looks like the aesthetic looks really nice. So. Yeah, it does. I will say one thing that I found a little bit annoying. I did, you know, there's the feedback reporter in game, uh, which was slightly buggy. I was getting Lua errors from it during the fights, which was awkward. Um, but the um, some of the swirlies are like this pinkish purple. Uh-huh. That is just hard to see. Not on the against the floor. It's actually fine against the floor. The floor is like this brown color for a lot of it. So the pink and purple stand out pretty well. This is not a Denathrius like red swirly on red ground kind of deal. Um, but in particular on the first boss, that pinkish purple of the swirlies blends into the like when you target a boss, they get the red circle under them. Oh no, yeah. It so the, blends yeah. into that. And so like they did a good job of making it so things stand out from the floor, but because they're using this pinkish purple, now they're running into issues with the boss like targeting thing. And it's not a big deal on some of the bosses. Like uh Brashok, 
well, Rashlock has like faded ones that are actually kind of difficult to see that is also some feedback for that boss. Um, but like Zakarn wouldn't be an issue. Um, and the amalgamation boss wouldn't be an issue because it's just a smaller hitbox. Yeah. Uh, but the first boss is a dragon. And so the, the hitbox is giant. And that, that red circle under it is huge. And so yeah. it ends up being hard to see through that. Gotcha. 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 Well, cool. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, we've got new raid stuff, new content, which is always fun. And yeah, we got testing scheduled for the next six weeks. So yeah, um, I don't know that I'm going to be there at all of it, but yeah, I thought about skipping this week because it's our first week of farm. Right. And yeah. I, there's just so much prep to do for bosses we haven't seen for six weeks. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, we ended up just doing it and we did like min size heroic raid testing. Uh, very cool gonna probably so we are doing things differently for our team this tier for raid testing we've historically done um more just like kind of inviting anybody from the guild this tier some people wanted to do just like weekend team testing for heroic because uh-huh. we can we have enough people that can just show up to it uh so we did that very cool but we are not gonna be able to do that for mythic testing so we're gonna have to do some kind of combined thing there yeah nice Fun. Uh, Fun. but yeah our, our chronic problem with with the the like doing the combined thing from the start is we would end up with like four tanks yeah exactly and, yeah uh, which never works out yeah yeah oh, cool um well awesome i think that's the the major stuff for this week so yeah so you got a ton of content i think coming in in on tuesday for 10.0.7 and then 10.1 is ptrs up and there's a bunch of uh bunch of changes out there to that we yeah uh, uh, mythic plus testing is also open right now i have gr- done a grand total of one key i did an under rot this morning um good nice. dungeon good dungeon have fun with sanguine in that place <laughs> um but yeah it's uh it's good this is a good release like case yeah yeah i i like this awesome. so yeah i think that is going to be it for our show today Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoy this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over on the Pika Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place for you to annoy Anomaly with questions about the ring system. Yep. Or F1 is on. So it's a lounge. It's nothing but F1 right now. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) F1 lounge is at it again. Exactly. But that is the show for this week. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week.